0: Right, I've got a mask on, because uh, I've got to have a mask on, and the engine that you can hear behind me is the Manchester United Sea bus. that, David, ¿sí bien. in. that's David De Gea. I <laughs> think I bump into him. See you later, mate. You okay, know, 20 seconds into the podcast and David De has just walked onto it and looked around a bit startled as I spoke to him in Espanol. But he's a nice lad. A lot of media. Thank you, mate. Good night. Take care. Take care. I'm just walking out of the gates which say Crystal Palace, and there's about. Uh, God, I can take off my mask now. There's about um, 30 or 40 local people wait, waiting uh, and looking at the two Manchester United team buses. I'm probably going to struggle on this podcast because I'm by myself. It's um, it's six minutes to 11. Uh, the last train from Sellers Station is at 12 minutes past so I've not got long at all but I have just finished my work it's about cannabis that's really strong and really nice actually I do not smoke cannabis but the smell is very agreeable and I'm just walking now down the Holmesdale Road which is the road which runs behind the Stand of the same name, the biggest stand behind the goals at Sellers Park. Just gotta remember my way back to the station. I'm walking past the Clifton Arms. Being assaulted by my senses here. It's a really nice warm July evening and I'm leaving the ground from a direction which I'm not usually familiar with. When I first started coming here it was on coaches which we organised from Manchester. And I think it was the White Horse Lane side of the ground which we'd go to, and then for many years we'd sell United. We stand outside at the top end of Holmesdale Road, and such a busy day when we were selling fanzines. It was the busiest away ground by a mile, especially when Wimbledon played here, because there were so many Manchester United fans, and it was pay on the gate. You didn't need to buy a ticket; you could just turn up and. United have got a huge support in the south of England, especially in London. It's a historically very strong support and it's not a new thing either. The Cockney Reds were founded um, in the early 60s. It might have even been 1959 and some of United's most legendary fans are from London. Do you want me to mention a few of right, them? John Taylor, first of all, Loon. Um, the Mike Dobbin, rest in peace probably went to more Manchester United games than anybody else uh, he died in 2009 last time I saw him was in Yokohama as Manchester United were crowned champions of the world he said I'm not feeling so well actually it wasn't because he had advanced stages of cancer and he was dead within a month but really nice mild-mannered fella uh, Mesa, um, Oh, there's loads I could, I could list loads of Cockney Reds I had an email off him um, Brian Bittles yesterday asking if he could buy the latest United We Stand with a cheque. People still buy United We Stand with cheques. Took him to Barclays in Manchester yesterday. Uh, so there you go. And walking now out of Clifton Road, past the Hertha Berlin sticker, and down a long, empty road towards Selhurst Station, and I've got to get this, this train. And the team are probably going to fly back to Manchester now. So they've come on two coaches and when I started the podcast and I waited to start this podcast after what happened on Monday when I started it after 95 minutes and Southampton scored. Um, I waited until the end of the game, sent off my some words that I'd done. I spoke to a couple of the United subs who were sat very close by. There was a bit of a roar actually when United scored the two goals, which was good. Bit of an away end. Subs going up. I like to see that. A few executives going up. What I see him running on the pitch next and mobbing scorers. Pete Boyle once ran on the pitch at Sellers Park with no clothes on in 1993. That was a sight for sore eyes, wasn't it, Mr Boyle? And that was when there was probably 25,000 Manchester United fans inside that ground in a total crowd of about 31,000 when United had just won the league for the first time in 26 years and the streets around the ground now are deserted but I'll get to my point, I need to make a point don't I instead of warbling on about walking through the streets of Selhurst or Fauntonyfe or wherever I am in deepest South London intending to get into central London which is quiet was the only person on the tube today coming down and I said on Monday that my accreditation had been rejected it got sorted out in the end thankfully because I'd booked my travel to London and I was coming either way of course I'm going to stay down here there's a semi-final on Sunday and you United know, go into that uh, in good form I'll get to my point having just won 2-0 19 unbeaten 15 wins 4 draws 13 clean sheets uh, tonight's game it was not the best United performance, but I felt United got stronger. I've just waited to speak to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and uh, I had to take my mask off to speak to him, underneath the tin roof of the tiny Sellers Park mainstand, which is being rebuilt into a huge triple-tiered stand to boost the capacity. Because it's an old, um, fragmented, uneasily juxtaposed stadium. It's not a stadium, it's a ground, Sellers Park and doesn't really scream premier league which i quite like but the facilities are you know they could be better the staff were great with me but oh, there's a train there going the wrong way so i'm in view the train station but there's no wi-fi tonight which doesn't make my job as a journalist any easier so palace who'd lost the previous five games played well they looked a threat there were complaints about a penalty uh, There's a man just looking at me here, one second. Let's have a look. Man just cycled towards me now on his mountain bike. I've got a new phone here, one of them iPhones. Don't want it getting robbed. Got loads of interviews on it. It's late at night, but he looked at me. Probably thought, who's that northern monkey? or whatever they call people from the north these days. Uh, lost my trailer fault thought there. Just want to get back on that station platform. 29 minutes into central London. I'd take doing that in a car in 29 minutes because I think every travelling United away fan has got horror stories of going to Crystal Palace. And once again, even though there were no fans here, the game was midweek. And we have had some ridiculous situations in recent years where after Zlatan Ibrahimović and Paul Pogba got the late goals a couple of years ago it was on a December night uh, I had to leave the, the game early to get the last train and the train was full of hardcore United fans it's just ridiculous that the games are being kicked off so late and so far away from Manchester which is where Manchester United are from One second. just back at the station now and it's happened a few times now it kicked off even later tonight it was an eight fifteen 15 kickoff which is why we have got for this train here people are looking at me because i've not got a mask on but i don't need a mask while i'm out on the street there's a roar of a train and um united were, at a, were pretty poor in the first half tonight and, and solskjaer has just said that and i've i was writing that he kept shouting to paul pogba um higher paul higher 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 and that wasn't for him to take some of the cannabis that i've just been smelling it was for him to get further up the pitch and the palace looked quite dangerous tim Foster mentor he was a surprise choice there's my train it's on time to seven minutes it's 23 12 to london victoria via norbury calling at battersea park and london victoria hopefully i'll be able to Carry on. Let me see what platform I'm on here. See, carry on talking and won't get stared out to death, because I'm not from round here. Platform 2, which is not platform 1. Just checking. Validate my card. Card accepted. Platform 2, this way. Right. There's a piano here. me round an old piano. Due to vandalism, this piano is broken. What a shame. And, and Fosu Mensa, if you'd have asked me a year ago would he have a future at Manchester United, I would have said emphatically no. He hadn't impressed on loan. Ironically, under Roy Hodgson, he'd been at Fulham, he'd been at Crystal Palace. Here's the trains. And he came in chosen over Diogo De Lott, which was a strange one because Foster Mentor is a, is a right back and he was asked to play at left back but you know what he did alright I thought that um, Zaha was going to be running at him switching sides didn't really happen if anything Palace overloaded on the side of the field where Aaron wan was and Mason Greenwood Greenwood was didn't have a great game tonight and he was brought off Jesse Lingard was brought on for him probably to give more uh, defensive discipline to Manchester United and United got the two goals so the first one um she into a post second one first of all there should have been more Marcus Rashford should have really scored another one but he had a really good game especially in the second half came to life he was very quiet before that uh, that came from, from a counter. Bruno was another player who got better and better as the game went on. Anthony Martial remained absolutely vital to United's counter-attacks. And it's a joy to watch. But at the same time, you can see that um, it's still a team which is far from being a team that's going to win titles because teams like Crystal Palace and Southampton are pushing United back and making them look vulnerable and and weaker and United were poor in, in, in that first half and were fortunate to go in uh, leading Palace then scored but the the goal was given um, offside and I was watching it thinking United are starting to lose form a little bit here and the performance contrasted completely with what we watched at Brighton a few weeks ago or Sheffield United at Old Trafford when the team were was so, it's um, a long way, and the man just jumping over a train tra- jumping over a fence to get the train to um, East Grinstead, it's a long platform for me, and um, United and them, I think Palace are, are well organised, even though they lost uh, previous five games, um, they don't have much pace up front, but they're solid, they're, they're, they're steady. And they were a threat to United, but that second goal killed the team off, and it was a super goal. There was another counter-attack after 75 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Rashford made a great run, uh, Martial was involved, and Rashford, I think, put the ball back to Bruno Fernandes, who struck the post. And I, I sound a bit uncertain, because unlike you, who will have watched a game uh, on a screen... I had no screen i had no electricity i had a stanchion in front of me so you're actually there and yet at villa park a week ago everybody was talking about a penalty which i was a 150 meters from and i couldn't see whether it was a penalty or not i didn't have a clue i've just walked along the edge of the platform at cellars and the floodlights have just come into view it looks brilliant i might take a picture of it and behind is the mast on top of Crystal Palace, which was the old exhibition centre uh, on a piece of high ground in, in South London. We get loads of people listening to this in London, so you can fill me in on some of the geography of your city. And Manchester United actually won a trophy here in 1909, the FA Cup final was played here. And I remember reading a, port, a report about how 10,000 Mancunians had travelled down on the train with jars of ale and pies and it seemed quite cliched but it was probably the first description i've read of united fans traveling to an away game and people noting how that they were distinctly different from people in london as they got the train down so a 2-0 win and it's chelsea in the semi-final on sunday it's another huge game i know united have had the measure of chelsea this season but going into this season, the record against Chelsea was, was a really poor one. And I'm still agitated by how bad the United's FA Cup final performance was against Chelsea when the cargo was left out. The Brighton train in 2018, and also the FA Cup semi final in 2007 against Chelsea. That was the first one at the new Wembley. And again, United didn't turn up in that. And I remember... What do I remember from that day? I remember people around me being so blind drunk that they could barely watch the game. and um, They weren't with me. They were just people around me. One guy fell asleep on his seat in front, and I just thought, why have you paid all this money to get a ticket for the cup final and fallen asleep? And then when he woke up, he shouted... Um, abuse to Didier Drogba, including Get Back to Africa, You Elephant. And it was just sickening. It was absolutely horrible. And I don't hear a lot of racist abuse at matches, but I heard it that day and I was by myself and I wanted to do something about it. And A lot of my friends who could have done something about it, they were much um, higher up than me and it was just really distasteful, it was just, just horrible thing to witness and as we've seen many times uh, in the news recently, you know, the spectre of racism is is still alive. And then after the Chelsea game on Sunday and they're a pretty exciting young team and they too were hoping to finish in the top four and they've been in the top four all season. United have not been in it since that win against Leicester way back in September. And it is Leicester City who've had a great season who will be United's final opponents. That's after a home game against West Ham. Welcome back, Mr. Moyes. I hope you're very respectful to your employees who paid you very well. And then it's Leicester away again. United have got a good record there. So win the last two, and it's Champions League football. There is the old option of um, getting through the Europa League as well, and there's the FA Cup. And the train, the Southern railways train southern are uh, much maligned but it, it is on time it is almost completely empty and it will get me back into the center of london for midnight and i'm sorry this podcast is like this but i can hardly walk around and speak to people because there's no people here there's no fans it's i can't go back onto the monkey bus because there's no monkey bus but i did have david to hear walk past the podcast so, so that's the first. service to London Victoria, calling at Thornton Heath, Norbury, Stretton Common, Banner, Wandsworth Common, Clapham Junction, Battersea Park, and London Victoria. The next station is Thornton Heath. Right, just to prove that I'm not bullshitting and that, and that I'm here. Um, I'm going to write a piece on on Rashford. I tweeted last week that. His game has changed since the restart. Um, his role in the team has changed. And I had the statistic that he's played more balls into the area than any player in the league, apart from some kid called Kevin, who plays for City. And done quite a lot of research into, into Marcus Rashford, and I felt that he had a, a good game tonight. Him and Bruno were probably United's best two players. So I'm going to write about... Um, Mr. Mr Rashford and then um, we'll join you for the next podcast I'm not sure when um, but I think it might be the weekend um, from London for Chelsea but pretty difficult doing these podcasts at the moment as you might have gathered um, with this one but to get a couple of journalists on at the weekend I could have put Ollie on this one but the sound won't be very good because it's all done by Zoom and sat under that stand But anyway, I'm going to stop going on. I'm knackered, uh, but I am feeling good about Manchester United. A 2-0 win away at Palace is a good win. Bring a couple of players in for next um, season and move a couple of players on, maybe three, four players on, maybe more, then I think that there will be a continuation of, of what we've been seeing throughout most of 2020. We're also gonna work on United We Stand. We're gonna do the summer issue. Gonna start working on it next week. It'll be out at the start of August. Until the next podcast, good night. And goodbye.